the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. March 2nd, 2021. Odd moment on Fox News this morning. They were interviewing Seth John, a soccer Paralympian who was removed from the U.S. Soccer Federation Athletes Council for dissenting in the Federation's vote to repeal the requirement to stand for the national anthem. For what it's worth... John is a Paralympian due to injuries he sustained wearing our country's uniform in Iraq and Afghanistan. They were interviewing John and then interrupted one of his answers to convey breaking news, not to return to the interview. What was the breaking news they interrupted John's interview with? It was that Vernon Jordan, age 85, passed away. If you don't remember Vernon Jordan, he's been out of the news for some time. He was a civil rights lawyer and activist in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, but became even more famous or infamous for his role in the Bill Clinton-Monica Lewinsky scandal. A friend of Bill Clinton's, he helped get jobs for Monica Lewinsky to pay her for her silence or to buy her silence over her affair with Bill Clinton. Was his death such breaking news that it required the interruption of an interview with a military hero figuratively standing up for the national anthem in his support of in his sport of soccer and getting fired for doing so? You be the judge. But back to Seth John a moment. Here was what he wrote on Twitter. I want to state that my positions are in no way representative of US soccer or the US national extended team, USPNT. I will never apologize for the statements I made and will never bow down to the mob mentality of intimidation, bullying, or the social media warriors' Gestapo tactics. I'm embarrassed to represent a hypocritical, I think he meant hypercritical federation that conducts a complete assault on diversity of thought without even seeking clarifying statements from me in their smear campaign. I'm embarrassed at the cowardice of so-called friends who bent over to the mob knowing very well the quality of my character in order to preserve their own image. The overwhelming support I received from a number of people with the Federation compared to the 30-plus death threats I received from the insignificant, rabid keyboard warriors was appreciated. But I implore you to speak publicly in your support in the future for those bold enough to challenge the status quo and not just privately. Nothing I said was racist, and I've done more for people of color all over this planet at risk of my own life throughout the entirety of my 17-year career that the entire Athletes Council has done cumulatively, and I will continue to do so. The one point I will clarify, he continues, is that when I stated that a small percentage of people in our country who were responsible for the terrors of slavery hundreds of years ago of which 400,000-plus men died to abolish under our nation's flag, I was in no way minimizing the horrors of slavery. I was simply illuminating the misplaced rage and squandered opportunities to bring to light the tens of millions of people who are enslaved today, more so than at any point in history. Persecuted people who I readily put my life on the line to recover from the predacious dregs who prey on them. 
I welcome any and all respectful debates, void of emotion, and I will gladly have an open dialogue publicly with anyone who is brave enough to place unwarranted labels on me from the safety of their mobile device. Well done, Mr. John. I guess I better understand now why so many people had so much of a problem with the word nationalism. Not white, not white nationalism. Nobody on our side ever said that word or endorsed it. Indeed, the only person I know in politics who did use the phrase white nationalism endorsed Joe Biden, a leader of the Charlottesville March who endorsed Joe Biden. That was Richard Spencer. No, Donald Trump and many of his votaries spoke simply of nationalism. And that word or phrase received a lot of condemnation as if it was soaked in racism or a dog whistle to racism. But the truth is nationalism is what is at the heart of uniting any given people and why the Star-Spangled Banner is also known as the national anthem. So I get how if you hate the idea of our nation, you would hate the word nationalism and the national anthem and those of us who think the Star-Spangled Banner are worth standing for, never mind fighting for, as Seth John did and now got fired for so doing. I think it's long past time for some remedial education for our national athletes, press, and social justice warriors. When you refuse to stand for or when you condemn our national anthem because you think it pays tribute to a country founded on, based on, or supportive of slavery, you betray tremendous ignorance. It's hard to blame you, and I don't, for your ignorance, because it is learned ignorance. Well, it's taught and learned. It was taught to you that our country is not a great country, and part of that thesis comes from the fact that some of this country maintained and supported slavery. It's also learned because for too many of you, this is the attractive and sophisticated thing to believe, that our country is a lousy blight on the world and, in the words of Andrew Cuomo, was never that great. It's lousy history, as I say. It is true we were a house divided, as Lincoln put it, on the question of slavery in America. It didn't start that way, but it did become that way. As the Civil War became incipient, there were two different interpretations of our founding and moralities. One side thought our founding meant to extend slavery and that there was nothing wrong with it. One side thought our founding was meant to limit it, end it, and that it was a wrong that needed to be righted. And so we would in Lincoln's words, become all the one thing or all the other. Those of us who won, the winning side, read the Constitution one way. The losing side read it another. And thus the house did fall. But so too did slavery. But what years and years of teaching has neglected to teach is that the opponents of slavery in America far outnumbered and were greater than the supporters of slavery. The Union had more states than the Confederacy, the Union won. We celebrate Abraham Lincoln and not Jefferson Davis, or at least we used to. The problem is that generation after generation of teaching has taught what is effectively the losing side interpretation of our founding that was embraced by the leaders of our Civil War, at least the Confederate side. Today we are taught the founding thought slavery a good thing. That's what Alexander Stevens and Jefferson Davis taught. As Jefferson Davis put it, quote, we recognize the Negro as God and God's book and 
God's laws in nature tell us to recognize him. Our inferior, fitted, expressed for servitude. Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy, and he said, God and God's book of laws in nature tells us to recognize him as expressed for servitude, the black man. Alexander Stevens was the vice president of the Confederacy, and he put the founding in its history this way, quote, the prevailing ideas entertained by Thomas Jefferson and most of the leading statesmen at the time of the formation of the old Constitution were that the enslavement of the African was in violation of the laws of nature, that it was wrong in principle, socially, morally, politically, and they rested upon that assumption of equality of races. This was an error. It was a sandy foundation, and the government built upon it fell when the storm came and the wind blew. Our new government, the Confederacy, is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Its foundations are laid, its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man, that slavery subordination to the superior race is his natural and normal condition. Got it? You can find people who think that the black person was built and meant for slavery in this country. It's just that they led the Confederacy, not the Union side. The Confederacy viewed Thomas Jefferson's words about equality as wrong. Roger B. Taney put it this way, the black man had no rights, which the white man was bound to respect. People used to be taught that that was the worst Supreme Court case in history. Now the left seems to embrace that that's the teaching of the founding. Each and every one of those foregoing theories is what you hear about our founding today in America's classrooms. This is the view of our founding now, that slavery was seen to be a good thing. That is the view, if not the purpose, of the 1619 Project. There was another view, articulated most profoundly by the very man whose name was removed from a high school in San Francisco just last month, Abraham Lincoln. He would put things more like this, quote, Wise statesmen as they were, they knew the tendency of prosperity to breed tyrants, and so they established these great self-evident truths that when in the distant future some man, some faction, some interest should set up the doctrine that none but rich men or none but white men were entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, their posterity might look up again to the Declaration of Independence and take courage to renew the battle which their fathers began so that truth and justice and mercy and all the humane and Christian virtues might not be extinguished from the land so that no man would hereafter dare to limit and circumscribe the great principles on which the temple of liberty was being built. Abraham Lincoln said this, When Stephen Douglas says he boldly denies that the Declaration includes Negroes at all, I protest against that counterfeit logic. He said this, Slavery is founded in the selfishness of man's nature. Opposition to it in his love of justice. Repeal the Missouri Compromise. Repeal all compromises. Repeal the Declaration of Independence. Repeal all past history. You still, now, you still cannot repeal human nature. It still will be the abundance of man's heart that slavery extension is wrong. And he said this, our adversaries, the Confederate states, have adopted some declarations of independence in which, unlike the good old one penned by Jefferson, they omit the words, all men are created equal. Why? 
They have adopted a temporary national constitution in the preamble of which, unlike our good old one signed by Washington, they omit we, the people, and substitute we, the deputies of the sovereign and independent states. Why? Why this deliberate pressing out of you the rights of men and the authority of the people? And Lincoln said this. Now, my countrymen, if you have been taught doctrines conflicting with the great landmarks of the Declaration of Independence, if you have listened to suggestions which would take away from its grandeur and mutilate the fair symmetry of its proportions, if you have been inclined to believe that all men are not created equal in those inalienable rights enumerated by our Charter of Liberty, let me entreat you to come back. Return to the fountain whose waters spring close by the blood of the revolution. Come back to the truths that are in the Declaration of Independence. Do not destroy that immortal emblem of humanity, the Declaration of American Independence, close quote. Again, one side believed in the natural rights based on our common humanity as articulated in the Declaration of Independence and as one side believed our Declaration of Independence was a lie. One side believed our Constitution was meant to embrace the first understanding and one side one side believed it was meant to embrace the second. The side of the first in both cases was bigger than the side of the second. The side of the first in both cases prevailed and won the Civil War. And so today we arrive at a national pedagogy that instructs us in the rightness and morality and history of that second side, that second theory, the losing side, the losing theory. And our children are increasingly bombarded, not just with that, but with the junk thought that leads them to believe an anthem to our nation is an anthem to slavery. It is not. It is an anthem to the greatest nation in the history of the world that has given more freedom to more people than any other country in history. Perhaps this is why in the past 20 years alone, black immigration to America has increased over 70%. What do those 5 million now African-Americans know that the U.S. soccer team and Colin Kaepernick do not know? Something tells me the answer is a lot. It probably starts with the understanding that this country and its history should not be written by the side that lost, as it lost for a reason. And there are hundreds of thousands of dead who hallowed our ground to make it so. Turns out Abraham Lincoln was really wrong only about one thing. Turns out the world will forget what those men did there. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. God bless Texas. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thank you, Governor Greg Abbott. He said this afternoon, Texas is now open 100% and the mask mandate is over. It is now time to open Texas 100%, Greg Abbott said. COVID has not suddenly disappeared, but state mandates are no longer needed, he says. Mississippi doing much the same thing. Good. Now we'll see if the media turn on Greg Abbott. Probably, probably, just when they were beginning to have the shine wear off of the great governors of California in New York, who were the heroes of COVID and whose numbers are worse than, tech, worse than Texas. The numbers in New York, let's talk about some numbers in New York. Let's talk about popularity numbers in New York. Let's talk about the popularity of Governor Cuomo. 
his Democratic State Senate, Democratic Party State Senate, and Democratic Party Majority Assembly are now clipping his wings. Not only is Governor Cuomo under investigation by the FBI on the nursing homes, not only have we now received word from a third accuser for sexual harassment, but the Senate president or majority leader, I should say, the Senate majority leader, Democrat Andrea Stewart-Cousins, said in a statement that this week the legislature will strip Governor Cuomo of pandemic emergency powers. They will repeal the extraordinary powers granted to the governor last year. They will provide for an orderly transition through the end of the disaster period. They will limit any further modifications to directives to that which is necessary to reduce the spread or increase vaccinations. They will restore the right of counties and municipalities to issue executive orders without seeking state approval. They will require the governor provide online reporting on all executive orders to provide transparency for all. They didn't clip his wings, as I said, when you read what the elements of this are. They took his wings off. They took his, This man is no longer soaring. This man is sinking. You are seeing Democrat after Democrat in the New York State Assembly calling for his resignation. Now, it's interesting to me that it wasn't over COVID deaths. It wasn't over COVID deaths and it wasn't over the nursing home scandal that they started calling for his resignation. It was over three claims of sexual harassment. I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. I don't know what it says just yet, but it's something along the lines of what Greg Gutfeld said the other day, that when you look at the entirety of what COVID has brought about, in some respects, it's, it's, it's an assault on our conscience that is chronic and slow-burning as opposed to an acute threat like a terrorist attack. It's taken a long time and a long-term toll, and it probably has screwed up a lot of people's priorities. I know in certain relationships I have had it has screwed up priorities. I'm sure it's true in a lot of yours, too. And here we have it yet again. Let me say as we go into break that portions of this show are brought to you by my favorite product of all, Balance of Nature. I love this product. I take it every single day. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients in a single daily dose. It's kept me well for over a year ever since I started taking it. I usually get several colds a year. Nothing like that. And I attribute it to the most effective fruit and veggie supplement on the market, Balance of Nature. All natural, no sugars, chemicals, GMOs, made from potent, powerful stuff like apples and papayas and blueberries and garlic cayenne pepper. And they have a great deal right now. Free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour. Time for our good friend John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, grandcanyonplanning.com. His radio show here on this station on weekends, The Word on Wealth. John Dombrowski, happy Tuesday to you. Hey, happy Tuesday, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Excellent. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Things are looking up in a lot of places if you have the right lens to look at them. True. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this because you're always good at, you know, finding the indicators. And you saw a few today that show that the economy is coming back. What did you see today? We did. There's a couple things out there. Number one, uh, many of us may use Uber or Lyft, some type of these services for uh, to get around town, especially when you're out of uh, out of your own neighborhood and you're maybe you don't want to rent a car. But Lyft came out and said this was after the market closed that for the week, uh, in this case February, it was the best week in terms of volume since the pandemic lockdown began for them. Uh, this is a big deal because now we're starting to see people are out and about. They're feeling more comfortable, more confident to be able to uh, to be out in public. And we, I think you mentioned it as well. Texas yeah. is is reopening now as well. Yeah, Texas, Apple. Mississippi. This is this is a big deal. Yep. You're right. We discussed yesterday Apple, Apple stores. Yeah, all the stores across the country. Yep. opening. So we're starting to see this. We're seeing. Um, with the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine being approved, uh, now we're starting to see that uh, we're going to have more, more vaccines uh, than, than the number of people in this country by the end of May is what the expectation is. So with that being said, here we are in a situation to where uh, with the economy opening up, with people being able to be out and uh, wanting, they want to spend money, Seth. I know me, I want to go travel. I want to Right? This is what we, we all want to do. We've been talking about it for the last year. Where do you year. want to go, by the way? Uh, well, I just want to get out of town yeah. anywhere. I mean, I go to Prescott every weekend, yeah. but that's not the same, right? I want to, I'd want love to go to Hawaii, as yeah. an example. Well, let me and, know when, and yeah. uh, that you way I me? can... Well, I was going to say I could take over the, the, the local mansion here. Oh, okay. And I could, I could, I could, I could <laughs> squat. I could get some squatters' rights while you're. Oh, I'm John Dumbrus. Sorry, he's in Hawaii for the week. Yeah, I don't think I'll be gone that long. But you'd have oh, to watch okay. my dog. Uh, you'd have to bring your dog over and watch my dog. Easily too. done. But these are good signs, John. And also, there's some speculation from the Fed that economic growth this quarter could yes. hit double digits, perhaps ten percent. Ten percent. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, just think. Uh, you know, back about a few months ago when. When people were all uh, concerned about what's happening in the, in the economy, right. we have now just recently higher inflation numbers, which is still a concern. Yeah, out I was going to ask: Is inflation no a worry about with all this, with all this celebrating? Um, well, here's the thing: the reason we have the inflation is because there's uh, there's a low low supply okay. for a lot of these companies that started to cut back on certain things when the uh, pandemic hit. They pulled back. They 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 thought that they weren't going to need as much uh, of their product, but Boy, we saw just the opposite in a lot of areas of our economy. Uh, and because of technology, Seth, we were able to continue to communicate, to continue to be able to purchase goods, to operate. And in many cases, companies continued by working remotely. Uh, so this was really an unforeseen event with COVID-19 and then the actual ability for this country to continue to uh, move forward was actually a little bit underestimated as well by companies, I believe. You know, maybe the presidency of the of uh, Donald Trump as well, after George H.W. Bush lost his reelection to Bill Clinton right. in 92, about two years later, you started seeing serious political journalists saying maybe we underestimated the Bush presidency. Right. Of course, it was tanked by a bad economy. And I'm wondering now, you look at what the vaccines have done, that was a Donald Trump 
yes. effort. Yes. Um, this other story, manufacturing has increased at highest in two years. That's obviously was a passion of Donald Trump's as well. Uh, the economy being where it is, it, it's not because uh, uh, Joe Biden has done anything to lower gas prices, improve energy efficiency, or create jobs. All the opposite. That's right. all residual Trump work as well. I think it's possible people are going to look back here and say um, the Donald Trump presidency wasn't uh, wasn't the bad thing that so many thought it was. I have to tell you, Seth, when I visit with new uh, people who listen to your show and, yeah. and, and us speaking, they come in to see me and talk about their finances. One of the things they say is, is they're concerned about this current administration yeah. because they yeah. believe that the Trump policies were yeah. working and yeah. were positive. Yeah, they were just lagging indicators, in the right weren't they? Yeah. Yes, and yeah. it takes time. There's yeah. no question. It's like trying to you know, get a train started from a dead stop, and that's what the president was doing Ooh, at the time. good image. I like that analogy. Thank you, John. You bet. All right. Securities and advisory services offered through Client One Securities LLC, a member of Fenner and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Plenty Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. We'll talk tomorrow, Seth. Let Have me know about that Hawaiian show. trip and yes. then play. Uh, there's a Jimmy Buffett song on point called uh, Gypsies in the Palace. Listen to that because that's what your house could look like, okay? Let's play that tomorrow on them. We'll do it. Gypsies in the Palace by Jimmy All Buffett right. for John Dombrowski <laughs> and Seth Leapson. Take care, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I'm calling baloney on this piece of audio. Chris Cuomo last night on CNN. Would you play it for me, Bill? Before we start tonight, uh, let me say something that I'm sure is very obvious to you who watch my show. And thank you for that. You're straight with me. I'll be straight with you. Obviously, I'm aware of what's going on with my brother. And obviously... I cannot cover it because he is my brother. Now, of course, CNN has to cover it. They have covered it extensively, and they will continue to do so. I have always cared very deeply about these issues, and profoundly so. I just wanted to tell you that there's a lot of news going on that matters also, so let's get after it. I'm Colin Baloney. On everything he just said, first of all, to the audience, he says, you're straight with me. I'll be straight with you. I don't know what that means. Does he take calls from his audience? Does he receive a lot of mail? Maybe. I'm betting it's hard to find his email, unlike this show. You're straight with me. I'll be straight with you. He's not being straight with you. He says, CNN has covered the scandals of my brother extensively. No, they have not. That's his word, extensively. He says, obviously, I can't cover it because he's my brother. Well, then why could he cover all the encomiums and celebrations with his brother when his brother was riding high? Why was that appropriate? Why is it just when his brother is riding low, he can't cover it? The truth is he shouldn't have been covering it when his brother was riding high or trying to ride high because he helped him ride high, helping to cover up what was going on, whether it was the deaths, whether it was the insults, whether it was the assaults. He helped boost his brother when his brother wanted it and when he wanted it. And now that he can't, he obviously says, well, I just can't. He's ducking behind the scandal to stay away from it. He shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. You're straight with me. I'll be straight with you. Baloney. CNN will cover this extensively, has covered this extensively. Baloney. Has not covered it extensively. How about the will part? How about the CNN webpage today? Today. If you go to it, the front page... 
you go one, two, three, four, five, six, six stories until you get to Andrew Cuomo. And it's an opinion piece. It's an opinion piece, seven down. Do you know what the main story is? What's the main? Bill, let me give you a guess. If they're going to cover, I'll give you a hint even. If they're going to cover at CNN, a governor at CNN, the way they like to cover governors at CNN, if there's a scandal, what governor do you think they're going to highlight and make a big story of? What's the big splash on CNN without going to that web page? What governor are they going to go after? Something like, shame on you, Governor Abbott. Close. This was before the Abbott announcement. So think, if it isn't Abbott, it is... DeSantis? Yes, exactly right. Ding, ding, ding. You win. Here's the big headline at CNS, at CNN. DeSantis faces bipartisan backlash over vaccine clinics. Exclusive sites in upscale Florida communities allowed about 6,000 people to jump ahead of tens of thousands of seniors on wait lists. What that has to do with DeSantis is anybody's guess. And the idea that this is a scandal along the lines of not 6,000 people jumping ahead, but 6,000 people dying unnecessarily because of an order from the governor to put them in a place they shouldn't have been. 6,000 people got vaccinated in front of 6,000 people. That's the big scandal that is evidently bigger than three legitimate cases of sexual harassment and the deaths of seniors based on bad public policy decision-making by Governor Cuomo. They're going to cover it extensively. Give me a break. They're looking for everything they can on every other governor who has an R behind their name to make them look bad. What a crock of baloney. If there is such a thing as a crock of baloney, is there? Yes. What a country crock of baloney. Thank you. Nicely. This is why we keep you around. Well done, Bill. Well done. Again, let me just report to you the New York State Senate, Democrat majority, and the New York State Assembly, Democrat majority, are today announcing that they are repealing the emergency powers. They conveyed to Andrew Cuomo. They are stripping him of his power. They are doing to Andrew Cuomo. The Democrats are doing to Andrew Cuomo what Nancy Pelosi said Republicans should do to Donald Trump and never did. Right. Nancy Pelosi thought it would be good political theater to make announcements that Donald Trump was too unstable to maintain certain powers. And so she invoked things like Article 25 of the Constitution. Or Amendment 25 of the Constitution. She had a visit with the Joint Chiefs of Staff that she leaked about de- 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 denying Donald Trump exclusive authority with the nuclear football and nuclear launch codes. None of that actually happened. She just leaked it out there so that there could be this, what, gloss or patina or air of Donald Trump uh, having his powers clipped. Didn't happen. The Democrats are actually clipping the powers of the Democrat governor of New York, the one who wrote a book, the only governor in America who wrote a book on COVID, and in this case about how well he handled the COVID crisis, the only governor in America to, as far as I know, ever win an Emmy for his press conferences. Turns out those press conferences were country crocs of baloney, too. Lots of cover up, covers up. Is it cover-ups or covers-up? Do you know? Covers-up? 
Attorneys General, passers-by, Big's foot, covers up. Lots of covers up. Okay. That's New York. Texas is opening up. God bless Texas. Um, leading the way. Leading the way. I was having a discussion with someone in Washington today, a smart person, and we were talking about this uh, cultural civil war in America. And he said, you know, and so I, he says I, it may be too controversial to say this. But in some respects, the divide in America might be worse than the Civil War. And I said, talk to me. And he said, well, the Civil War was about one great big bad thing. And it was a great big bad thing. And that's true. He says, can you name me one thing, one thing South Carolinians and Californians are united on? I mean, at least... During the Civil War, I think Americans read the same primers in school. You think Spartanburg, South Carolina school texts are the same as San Francisco? I don't. I know they aren't. We aren't united on almost anything in this country anymore. The Civil War, we're united about most things except one big thing. We're not united on that big thing or any other small thing in America anymore. It may be worse. Interesting thesis. We'll look into it a little bit more. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Joe Biden, who knows so much about foreign policy because he was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, not doing so hot there either. Not doing so hot at all. Do you realize, by the way, it's been 41 days since he held a solo press conference? He's been president 39 days. Does that strike you as interesting? He's been president for over two months, and he hasn't held a solo press conference. That's got to be a first in history. It's got to be. I'll ask Tevi Troy. Wall Street Journal opines in its first weeks in office, the Biden administration has rebuked Saudi Arabia and made concessions to Iran. How things going so far? On Monday, Israel accused Iran of responsibility for an explosion on an Israeli commercial ship. Over the weekend, Iran turned down U.S. and European entreaties to renegotiate the nuclear deal, while the Iran-backed Houthi militia escalated its attacks on Saudi Arabia from Yemen with a missile launch and drones. The Biden team seems to have hoped that recalibrating the U.S. relationship with Saudi Arabia, which has fought the 2015 Houthi takeover in neighboring Yemen, would draw down the war there. The Houthis have other ideas. In early February, the State Department said it would reverse the group's designation as a terrorist organization, but days later it had to release a statement saying that it was deeply troubled by continued Houthi attacks. The attacks have persisted, and now the State Department's language is more direct. Quote, The United States strongly condemns the Houthi attacks on population centers in Saudi Arabia. Close quote. But why would the Houthis listen when the U.S. has legitimized them with a sanctions reprieve in return for nothing, and when it broadcasts a strategy of accommodating their patrons in Tehran? Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia is on the defensive as Washington downgrades the alliance and restricts arms sales. 
The Biden administration wants to address the humanitarian nightmare in Yemen. But exhortations and giving aid aren't enough. Yemen is a theater for Tehran's imperial ambitions. So long as the U.S. continues to bungle Iran's strategy, Mideast mayhem will continue and a Yemen resolution will remain out of reach. Good work, Biden administration already showing your expertise at doing the smart and wrong thing over and over again rather than the smart and right thing, which was shown you how to do. David Schweiker coming up on election reform and that nettlesome, to put it no higher, H.R. 1. We'll be right back. <laughs> 